Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to Be The Change, a podcast of conversations with true visionaries who are creating new paradigms for a healthier planet and society. I am your host, Christine Demick, and my work is in finding real solutions to the biggest problems we face today, climate crisis, capitalism, social injustices, and our failing health. There are amazing humans out there that have answers, and it is my mission to have their voices heard. Together, we can raise consciousness and create a just and equal society. Together, we can be the change. We know all about the trauma social media causes, but what about the good? Justin Anderson is a bright light on Instagram. With nearly 400,000 followers, he uses his influence and blue check to help others. How do I know this? I was personally touched by his kindness and my business flourished by one mention, literally overnight. Today, I am honored to speak with Justin, to thank him for all he has done for me, to find out how he stays so humble in Hollywood and what inspires him to be such a force for good. Welcome, Justin, and thank you for being the change. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. That intro was gonna make me tear up, to be honest. That was so sweet. Thank you for saying all those kind words, but I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, so talk about like tearing up. So I was thinking about speaking to you yesterday when I was in preparation for it. And honestly, I've never had anyone do like what you did for me. You said Malia had reached out to me and she's like, hey, Justin, let your products. I was like, okay, sure. Like, we don't know each other. And she's like, if you ever have anything new, send it our way. And I was like, sure. You know, so we had a hand sanitizer, a couple things. There was no pay for play, right? It was just, I resonated. You like the products? You know, awesome, right? And thank you for the mention. So I sent it and never thought anything about it, right? And... (laughs) Overnight, I mean, I wake up, I'm talking to my husband, and every time we get a sale on Shopify, I get like a ching ching, you know? And it was just like ching ching, ching ching, ching ching. And I was like, what's blowing up? It is totally blowing up, right? And so I looked and I was like, oh my God. And you had literally just mentioned it. You had just said how much you love the hand sanitizer. And that was enough, right? I'm actually, I'm gonna, I am gonna cry. So that was enough. And then, of course, you did this amazing story. Like, you didn't have to do it. No, I didn't but, have to do it, but I felt it. And I wanted to do it. <laughs> Justin, I mean, I've had my business for 25 years. And it has its ups and downs. I've gone through so many things and all this. But, you know, we're just doing our thing. And, and during COVID, and I have one other employee. We are a small business that just, you know, we just keep going through it. And literally overnight, it was bigger than Oprah. And I know, like, I was like, I mentioned that, and someone's like, oh, Justin, you're bigger than Oprah. (laughs) I mean, like, when we first started, Oprah had mentioned us, and it did, it blew up. And you literally put us on the map. I didn't even know what to do with it. So thank you. Of course. That's so sweet. And again, it's like, I have chills right now. And you and I are so, you're so my vibe. And it's like, this is just a testament to me really trusting my gut instincts, you know, and there was just something about it. And I really am like, I'm a spiritual person. I think there's a bigger plan for all of us and whatnot. And when I love something, I love to back it uh, wholeheartedly. I think that one of the reasons people listen to me on my social media is because I really do 
say everything the way that I want to say it. I don't hold back. I'm very, very honest. I don't hide anything. And I also, I don't take money from brands or, you know, I talk about things that I love and it just came to me. But funny story about the way that it happened for me is so a while back, you know, I'm a big smell person. I'm all about smells. I love it so much. You know, and everything has to have certain smells, all the products I use and whatnot. And I'm all into like clean ingredients and whatnot. But I was on a vacation and I met this girl for the first time. Again, super random, a girl I met through Instagram. She wrote to me for like a year being like, you're so my vibe. I feel like we've been best friends or whatever. And we, we, were, we were like pen pals on Instagram for like a year. We ended up in the same city randomly. And I was like, oh my gosh, let's grab a drink or whatever. And this is a while ago. And we went to grab a drink and I went to give her like a big hug. And I was like, oh my God, like your laundry smells like heaven, you know, because I'm obsessed <laughs> with laundry smells. And she was like laughing. I'm like, no, really, like I'm like a laundry connoisseur. Like I'm always looking and trying out different potions. And I also think that certain washing machines make your clothes smell different, whatnot. So she <laughs> told me your stuff and she was like, I'm going to email you my exact routine. It's from this brand that I'm obsessed with that not many people know about. Cut to, I was back home and a while later, she all of a sudden I got the email and I was like, oh yeah. And I put it off for a while, but I ordered the stuff freaked out about it because your products are beyond. They really are beyond. Like when I spoke about it, everybody believed me because they could tell like this guy's freaking excited about laundry detergent. There must be something special. So I posted about it and I saw how crazy it was going because I saw everyone saying, just ordered, just ordered, just ordered. And then all of a sudden weeks later, like, oh my God, you literally introduced me to my favorite thing on earth. My whole house smells wonderful, blah, blah, blah. But it is one of those things, I felt something about it. So I immediately looked up your brand. I saw that you were a smaller company. I did, did some digging, looked around. I saw the different boutiques that you sold at. And I just like the whole vibe about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so adorable, this whole brand or whatever. And we're in an age where social media is so important, right? And I was like, why don't they have a big following yet? Like, this is crazy. They should be blowing up. And so I just felt it. I was like, for some reason, I knew that I liked you. And I was like, I just want everyone to know about this brand. And we did it. And that's how we got to be right here. <laughs> it's incredible. It really, it changed my life. And I had never had anyone do that for me. And of course, then I reached out to you and I was like, oh my God, whatever I can do. I'm good. And of course, I mean, like you, I'm embarrassed, you know? And I was like, oh, oh, you know, I have years in manufacturing if you ever need help. And of course, here you are. You're like, all my girlfriends are like, girl, you're like, <laughs> you have and I'm like, I don't, I don't. But I love it. And that's the beauty of it because literally like this connection that we have right here, we had no motive with each other, you know? And even when you wrote to me and you wrote that, like I thought it was the cutest thing in the world because it's like, you know, <laughs> people who follow me know that I have my own hair care line. You know, they know who my celebrity clients have been and whatever. Yeah what my world was. But even when I got that message, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this girl, you know? Not to say that I think that I'm something big and anyone should know who I am, but I just yeah. think you're talking on Instagram, people would know. So that even made it more special, you know? <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, and I was listening, so you have a podcast, so I want everyone else to know that you have, you have an amazing podcast where you do interview your clientele, mostly famous, in the chair while you're doing foils, which is great because that's basically what, you know, I go and get my hair done and that's what we do. We're like, you know, we chat yeah. the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. And so I was like looking at it and I was like, I was listening to it over this weekend and all this. I'm like, oh, you go to like Chelsea Handler's house for like political fundraisers. <laughs> I felt like I did. I felt so naive. So thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean any disrespect. I just want no you to No way. No way. 
Yeah. That's the beauty of it. I mean, that's that's the fun part. That's when you know it's honest. And we 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 didn't have anything we needed from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I I mean, okay. So I want to get in though. What makes you? So I, I did. I thought like you know I didn't know anything. I saw you're in Nashville a lot. I thought you were from Nashville, right? And then I found out no. And then you bought a house. And your best friend lives there. And you're not unattainable. I mean, like you get up, Justin, and like, if anyone watches your feed and everything, like you stay in the positive. And I know in listening to the podcast that you did with your sister Malia, which was so touching. And by the way, I mean, the two of you are together are like, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. You should have your own podcast together. This is like hilarious, right? But you could feel the love, but you grew up like you didn't have an easy life. You talk about your father as an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You know, you said, we already talked, you said, I can bring up everything. So I have to wonder in everyone that I've interviewed and I've been, inter- you know, all the people, it's about being the change that there's a drive to help others. And I wonder, was it because you said, you, I mean, your father was great. You love him. You adore him. But what do you think it is that makes you want to help others and really not get caught up? Because you could. You really yeah. could. You know, it's something that I think about all the time. And I appreciate you listening to the podcast. And it is something that I, I told you before we started this, that you can ask me anything. and I'll be completely honest. Because I think that like our stories are so unique. And I really think the worst thing that we can do is hide stories or try to change our past because our past is, is what makes us exactly who we are today. And I really am a firm believer in taking what you uh, experienced in life and making it work for you somehow. I think that there's two roads that we can go down. I mean, there's lots of roads we can go down, but just like on a positive daily basis, there's two roads you can go down. You can obsess about things that aren't going right in your life, or you can focus on things that are going really, really well. If something goes bad in your life, you can choose to treat it as a, a lesson, you know, and learn from it, or you can sit and sulk in it. And it's not something that I have to practice. So I'm not going to act like I'm like guru or anything like it comes naturally to me. So I don't know where that comes from. You know, there's four kids in my family and we're all very different, but I do have that side to me where it's like, I really want to focus on the positive. You know, I think that every morning when I wake up, I'm such a morning person. I wake up super early, but I wake up super, super excited. You know, I never have to fake it. And so going back to you talking about my dad being an alcoholic, I love my dad so much. Such a great guy, the biggest champion for, for women and for being exactly who you are. You know, when I came out of the closet as gay, my dad, who was raised Mormon, gave me a big hug and said, Justin, you be exactly who you are. Anybody who doesn't agree with you or sees that as wrong, they don't understand you as a person or they have a lot of learning to do, but be exactly who you are. So I loved my dad, but he had an alcohol problem that progressively got worse. And it's, again, it's something that I can look at, like, poor me, I had, a, I had an alcoholic dad, but I didn't, I used it as a way to be a better boyfriend, to be a better sibling. To be really honest, my dad, there was a point where he pretty much disappeared, and I had to be the dad for my sister, who's my best friend, for my younger brother, also almost for my older brother, you know? So my point is, is I used that as something to make myself better, and that, it, that came easy to me. It's resilience, and, yeah. right? And... I agree. You know, we were discussing before this, we've all had our challenges and I had breast cancer six years ago. And you know, when when you get that call, you're like, what? You know, like I have cancer and it's just so much goes through your mind. But then I went through all of it with gratitude. It was a gift. It was a gift. I was so struggling in my work and like, oh, I have to get it to be this. It has to be this spreadsheets and numbers and building it. And I was 
I was lost. And then when you got the cancer diagnosis, I was like, oh, wow, I'm being given my life back. And right. what am I going to do with that? Wow. What, what am I going to do with that? You know, how am I going to help others? And since then, all those stresses I felt at work just are gone. You know, it doesn't matter. I've been given perspective. And it sounds like you had that at an early age, that you were either going to sink or swim. And we're not. Everyone has struggles. And I love that, that you, you mentioned yours and that you're an open book because by doing that, other people feel accepted, I think, right? Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I really, really feel that, you know, when you're talking about cancer and, you know, you get that diagnosis and I can only imagine, and I'm so sorry that you went through that, but I'm so proud of you. But I think it is one of those things. It's like, it's up to us to kind of like turn that in. Like we have to make the mindset positive, right? Our body feeds off of that. And it's like, I'm sure that was the biggest wake up call. I can't relate to that, but I can only imagine. And you did it the yeah. right way. Is your father still alive now? My father is still alive. And we are not in communication right now because to be honest, he's gone in and out of sobriety. Mm-hmm. And he's in a place right now where I don't think he's sober. And I had to set boundaries for myself. I did a lot of therapy. So a lot of therapy, we're kind of talking through everything because I was always that person. Being raised Mormon, you're always told like, smile, put on a cute outfit, go do your hair and just like smile through everything. And so that was my whole life. So I always kind of had this thing where it's just like, act like you're happy, everything's fine. And I did that and that worked for me for a long time. But I had a breakdown in my 20s where it was like, I was focusing so much on work. You know, this was when I was in the height of like my celebrity clientele and I was in the salon. I hadn't had my own product line yet. And I was having like a breakdown. And so I started going to therapy and I learned so much in therapy and it came so easy to me. And it was one of those things that just kind of clicked, you know, the therapist would keep saying things and they just clicked in my mind. And I'm like, I felt that, but I've never been able to express it. So anyways, when I went through all that therapy, we set up a lot of boundaries for myself. And that's something I never had. I didn't have boundaries. When you are the child of an alcoholic parent, you are codependent it's kind of natural for you to just be an empath. You know, you want to take care of everyone else around you. You make it about everyone else. It's not a huge surprise that I went into doing hair. You know, hair is my creative outlet and I love it. But think about what just that relationship is like. I sit with women in the chair and I just love on them for an hour and it's all about them and listening to their stories. And that came so naturally to me. I also genuinely love it. Like I love listening. I love women but I love hearing women's stories. I love making women feel empowered. I love all that kind of stuff, but I learned a lot in therapy, you know? So my dad's not in a good place right now and I have to keep those boundaries up because at this point in life, I can't fix it for him. I've done all the work to help him. He knows I'm here if he, when he gets better and whatnot, but I have my boundaries up right now. Good for you. Uh, yeah. But learning that lesson, you know, I also don't struggle with that. You know, I feel very complete with it because I know that I'm for once taking care of myself with that situation. My whole life was always about my parents fighting, about my parents' drama. And we had a great childhood. I adore my parents and I feel very lucky for the childhood that I had. Amazing cousins, aunts, uncles, everything. But it wasn't about us. It was about my parents. It was always about my parents' drama. And I learned a lot from that. I think that's also why I'm such a good friend, why I'm such a good listener, you know? So that's, again, where I take that situation and I make it a positive in my life now. I'm such a good partner to Scoot. You know, he's now my fiance, but I feel like... Congratulations. Thank you. I feel like I'm the partner I am because of the childhood that I had. And again, it's a thing that I could complain about constantly or be thankful for. And I really am thankful for it. Why do you think some people choose to go up instead of down? 
You know, I think about that all the time. And I had that conversation really hardcore with my best friend from high school just the other day. We really got deep into exactly that. And I don't know what makes somebody want to go either way. I just think that, you know, going down the negative feels easier at the time, you know, and it's so easy to kind of sit in a chair and say, poor me over and over and people listen to you and they coddle you. But where does that get you? I have a lot that I want out of life. So I don't know if there's a difference between drive and not having a ton of drive, but I have a lot of drive and I know where I want my life to go. So it's very easy for me to go in that direction, but I don't know the difference. Do you have an idea of what you think it could be? I think it's like serotonin. I don't know. I I feel like some people are just built for it and some people aren't. And I don't know. I'm also, I'm the same way. Like I go up instead of down and I don't know. I think it's worth like really investigating. Even you could give those people, like you could give them antidepressants, but they seem very comfortable but maybe it has to come down to therapy because there's still attention from negative attention. Absolutely. You know, even if it's negative that they make up the next day or there's a fight, but it's like someone's getting something from it. I've used that though with my son, my 13 year old son, because he oftentimes likes to stir the pot and get everyone all riled up. And, you know, as you will, when you're 13 and then I (laughs) realized I am trying not to enforce the negative attention, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's a weird thing. I don't know if we'll figure it out, but I want to hear more. I might've gotten it from just being raised the way that I was. You know, if I complained growing up, like my parents didn't listen to us. It was kind of like, just get it together. There's four of you. Your dad's an alcoholic. We're trying to hold the whole thing together. And on the outside, we looked like the perfect family. I will be honest. You know, my whole family on my dad's side is in, they're builders. So they build big, beautiful homes. I grew up in the Pasadena area. We always lived in a big, beautiful home. It all looked really, really good on the outside, but shit was weird on the inside. And so it wasn't about us kids. And that really made me strong. I also think being the one gay boy out of my two brothers, you know, I had two brothers and I was the gay one. And I always had to find ways to get attention because they were, they were athletes and I wasn't a star athlete. You know, I could play, but I wasn't a standout. So I had to find ways to kind of get attention. And my attention really was like, I got it from being sweet, kind, taking care of people, you know, like all my mom's girlfriends loved me as a kid. Cause I loved to just sit and gab with them. You know, like I'd want to sit out by the pool and talk to all the adult women, you know? And I loved that. Like something about it, like it, it fed me, you know, and that's who I am as an adult now, you know, it's just like, that's what's in me. I like hearing people. I love making people smile. You know, I think that if somebody just visited my Instagram, they'd kind of be like, whoa, this guy's like a, a head case or whatever. Like that is legit me. Like I like making people laugh. I like saying things that make people think. It comes very, very natural to me. I could be on Instagram all day long. My Scoot and Malia always have to tell me like, slow it down, Justin, you're posting too much. But like, I like it. I like that community. So what do you do when, do you get any, uh, I'm sure you get negative comments. I do get negative comments and it's really, really interesting. Okay. So on social media, anybody that's listening, they don't follow me or they don't know who I am yet on social media. I am very loud and I talk a lot and I don't hold anything back. And I say things that even my friends are like, Justin, how did you say that? Like, why aren't people, whatever. And I think that the people who have followed me for a long time know what my intentions are. They know where my heart is coming from. And I don't say anything controversial, you know, but I just, I, I talk a lot and whatever. And I give my opinion on a lot of things. It's usually like reality TV or just like fun things. I try not to go political, but every once in a while I will get negativity. And this week I got a really, really bad one. 
But every once in a while, I'll get negativity sent my way. And everybody else, you know, I've worked with so many celebrities, right, who have massive followings, you know, way more than I have. And everybody always says, you know, you've got to ignore that. You've got to ignore that. You've got to block those people out. And I genuinely don't believe that. I feel like at my audience, as big as it is right now, it's still small enough that I can communicate with people. And I'm going to tell you the truth, like this really happens. Every time somebody reaches out to me with some sort of negativity or they try to like make fun of me or bully me or call me out on something, if I just spend a few minutes talking to them and asking them questions, why did I provoke that feeling in you? Or like, what's going on? Like, I really didn't mean it that way. All of a sudden we become buddies and we're talking, you know, and then all of a sudden they're messaging me all the time about like, oh, I love that. I love that or whatever. But, and I think that it makes them think, you know, because when you're sitting at a computer or you're sitting on your phone and you're typing to a random person that you don't know, you don't really think of that person as a person be, having feelings or someone being behind it. And I think that it is a lot of people's responsibility now to remind people like, hey, I'm right here. I hear you. Why do you want to say that to me? You know, like yeah. I'm not on Instagram to hurt your feelings. I don't know why you're coming to my page and you want to throw hate at me. Like that hurts me too. So for me, I have to understand what they're doing. And a lot of times they'll say things whatever they say, it's always something that comes from their childhood. And it's something that's like, I provoke something. They just want to shout out things at me like, oh, you're ugly or oh, you think you're whatever. And you start talking to them and it's like, uh, it's interesting. I have a painting in my home that someone painted and it says, we all want the same thing. We do. Right? We all do. Yeah. We want to be accepted. And gosh, how wise you are. You're so wise. Like you don't get reactionary, you know? I don't get reactionary. And you know, I think the thing is, is that I really believe this. This isn't something that I had to teach myself or this isn't something that I have to practice. But I remember even years ago, my ex-boyfriend that I was with for seven years, I remember one time he said to me, he's like, Justin, you're so nice to everyone. You need to realize that sometimes people are not good people. And I remember saying to him, I'm like, I don't believe that. I really don't. I believe that, of course, you know, there's some psychopaths out there, you know, who have their own issues or like whatever. But I feel like at the core, everyone is a good person. They want to be heard. They want to be understood. And I think if you just take a couple minutes to just kind of nod your head and say, hey, I hear you. I see you. Like, I, you know, what are you trying to get out? What do you want from me? And they just, they don't even know. And then all of a sudden, it's like you go into a different conversation. That's amazing. I mean, maybe we can take this. How great it would be if we could take this into politics, right? And like, oh my God, be able to like somehow figure that out. Have you seen Mucho Amor, Walter Mercado, the movie on him on Netflix? No, and I'm writing all this okay. down because you're telling it's me that it's called Mucho, Mucho Amor. And Walter Mercado is a, he was a, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but an astrologer in Puerto Rico. And his message, the one thing that you take from it, and again, I think you just cry because he, like yourself, is just trying to spread love. And he doesn't, also went through his own stuff, but doesn't hate, you know, always stayed in love. Watch it. I think, and then check back with me and let me know what you think. Because I'm getting that you have that same vibe. Like you're able to just love on people. I love to love on people. And it's like when I was a kid, you know, my mom always makes the joke that like we, we spent a lot of time at the beach. Both of my parents are surfers. So all growing up, we were always at the beach. And my mom would tell really funny stories all the time about how I would just go up to random people and just kind of hug and cuddle with them on towels and stuff. But I genuinely, I just love people. I think people are fascinating. That's why I love reality TV, not for the drama, but because I like to see a glimpse into people's lives. I'm fascinated by people. When I sit at restaurants, I like to watch people at their table and just kind of think about what they're like 
I like to hear people's stories and see where they, where they come from. So at my core, I like people's stories. You that's know? amazing. Well, I'm, okay, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story that links to yours. So I want to hear about your fiance now, Scoot. But the funny thing is, is when I was, again, you know, getting ready for the podcast, I was looking at it. So my husband nicknamed me Scoot. No. Yeah, yeah. It was 30 years ago. So 30 years ago, part of my story. So when I was 15, right, I met my husband who did not know how old I was. I'm just pointing that out. All right. I met him at Tower Records. It's a true story in New York City. I love love. He was a musician. It was the 80s. He's in London. Anyhow, long story, I saved up my money and I got myself a ticket without my mother knowing and flew to London on like People's Express. You probably weren't even born yet. <laughs> there was an airline called People's Express and it was like this kibbutz. It was like all these like just randomly just people shoved on an airplane. Definitely no first class. But I mean, literally there's like tents and everything. People just dry in their laundry. And it was <laughs> really, it was $199 round trip to go to London from New York. Wow. And so I did that. And when I landed there, he named me after some movie. They call everyone called me Scoot Scooter. So that is my nickname. I'm that is a trip. It's a trip. I am also my husband's twelve years. I know you have an age difference. My husband's twelve years older than I am. I'm not sure what your age difference is. We're about the exact same. About the, right? Okay. And I'm from Ohio. I'm from Bowling Green, Ohio, which I know Scoot is too. So that is a trip. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Scoot, Scoot, I Scoot and I, we've been together for seven years now. We just got engaged last year. And when Scoot and I first met, we have a, an age difference. We're about 13 years apart. But when Scoot and I first met, once we started like dating, when we first started sleeping together, he every night would scoot really close to me in bed. So I'd, And I, I'm a hot sleeper, so I get really hot. So I'd always kind of push him away and then he'd scoot closer. So I started calling him Scooter. That's just where it came from. But what I really think it is for him is he's a twin. And so Scoot is a lot like me. Like he likes to be close to people. You know, like that's just comforting for him. Yeah. And so his nickname is Scooter and it's just like stuff. But last year we did a reality show with my best friend Kristen here in Nashville and everyone called him Scooter on the show. So all of a sudden, it just became his name everywhere. Like on social media, he's now Scooter. And it's like, he's like, Justin, that was supposed to be like our cute pet name. And now it's like, I'm Scooter to everyone. Like he goes to the grocery <laughs> store here in Nashville and people yell out, Scoot. You know, and it's like, that's become his name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. I agree. Yeah, my husband still calls me Scoot. To me, it's the cutest nickname, though. I mean, obviously, I just love him. But that is an absolute trip that your nickname is Scoot. Like, I'm, I'm blown away right now. Yeah. Scoot <laughs> from Ohio. Yeah. Scoot from Ohio. So, okay. So, you're in Nashville, right? Do you still have your reality show, honey? No. So, we did this reality show last year with my best friend, Kristen. I was talking for a while about wanting to get out of LA. And when I told Kristen that I was thinking about buying property in Nashville, she was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. You know, we've been friends for you know, over 15 years. And so when I was getting ready to do it, she was like, you know, would you ever be on the reality show? She already had a reality show. So we we're like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, I'll do like fun little bits on it or whatever while we're looking for houses. We moved down and it ended up becoming the whole storyline, you know, with Kristen, we were on the entire season and it became a whole thing. We bought the house, they documented the whole thing. But then COVID happened, you know, we were supposed to be filming this summer and all of this happened. So it's all kind of got pushed off, but we have some really cool things in the works that will happen, you know, after all of this gets better because it will get better. We're going to get out of this. But yeah, once it gets out of this, um, there's some really cool things that I'm excited to get into in that world. So do you think you'll live in Nashville? Do you think you fly back and forth now? 
So before COVID happened, before this lockdown happened, my thing was, is I was in Nashville all week long and we were filming the reality show. And then I would fly to LA like every Friday. I'd do a bunch of my celebrity clients like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I'd fly back right back to Nashville. And that was going to kind of be my thing. I mean, in normal times when we weren't filming, I wanted to fly like every other week, but then COVID happened. So I haven't been going back to LA. And to be honest now, my business is doing so well. And that really is becoming my full-time thing, my hair products. But I miss my clients. You know, I still do Margot Robbie, Jennifer Aniston, Gwyneth Paltrow, Chelsea Handler, Miley. Like I'll fly back for them if they really need a project. You know, now that we can fly, we do the mask, we'd be safe or whatever. And I have a private space in Beverly Hills where I work. It's not a salon. So it's just me and my clients. It's this really cool house that I turned into like a salon space because my hair products, we do photo shoots there and whatnot. So I fly back and I'll do my favorite celebrity clients. And that's just kind of my routine. And once we can do more, I think I'll kind of keep up with that because I've absolutely fallen in love with Nashville. It is so my vibe here. Really? Uh, Like I said earlier, I have no connection to Nashville other than Kristen, my best friend, who's also from California. She moved here. So I have no connection other than that. But for so long, I've always had this fascination with the South. I love Southern people. I love the accent. I love the polite, the kindness. I've always just had this attraction to the South. And um, Nashville, I'm like, why not? Let's buy a house down there. Let's let's spend some time down there and see if we like it. And we've absolutely fallen in love with it. Like, I don't want to leave Nashville. I'm supposed to go to LA next week to do a bunch of clients. And I just don't want to (laughs) go. And Scoot loves it? He loves it. I mean, he was the driving factor for us getting out of LA. You know, Scoot moved to Ohio and I met him right when he moved to LA. So Scoot moved from Ohio to LA. And right when he was there, we met. Like in the first week that he was there, fell in love. Our relationship happened really, really fast. And about two or three years into the relationship, he just turned to me and he was like, he doesn't complain about anything. He doesn't ask for anything. He's the kindest, sweetest, most patient person on earth. But he just said, you know, Justin, like when we first met, you'd always talked about wanting to get out of LA. You know, we've been together for three years now and I'm not trying to rush you or anything, but you don't talk about that much anymore. And he's like, I just don't love it here. I don't see myself being in LA forever. But the minute he said that, I mean, I love this man more than anything in the world. But the minute he said that, I was like, we'll get out of here then. Then we'll get out of here, you know. <laughs> and I'm born and raised in L.A. That's, that was my home. But it wasn't until he said it that I realized that I didn't really like it there. I didn't yeah. like L.A. anymore at that time. And I couldn't admit it to myself because that was my home. And I was always one of those people that was like, I don't like people who complain about L.A. or New York. You know, it's like either you love it or you don't, but don't complain about it. So I was always so positive about L.A., And I still can appreciate it, but LA has changed so much. So he let me feel comfortable being like, you know what? I don't like it here either. Yeah, it's a hard, I lived there for a while in my life. It was a hard city for me. You know, it's fun, but it it was hard. It was hard. I'm so grateful for what it did for my career, obviously. You know, I started my career doing hair. And then all of a sudden I start getting all these different celebrities. And once you start doing certain celebrities, more come to you. And so I, I built this amazing salon business. And so I'll forever be grateful for what, what that did. And I also love all my friends in LA. I adore my clients. I miss the conversations with them and everything. But LA has just changed. I think that LA attracts a different kind of person and not putting any type of person down, but it, it just wasn't me anymore. You know, I think social media has changed LA a lot. I think that everyone there wants to make something. It's just not for me anymore. I loved you. I was looking at your Instagram and it was like up in the refrigerator. Was it 4.30 in the morning? (laughs) And then you were fasting. You were doing the intermittent fasting and you're like, I'm just looking at what I can't eat. But why don't you sleep? Has it always been that way or is it like? 
You know, I think that like, as I'm getting older, I'm literally turning into my dad minus the alcoholism, you know? I don't drink. Actually, during COVID, everybody's been drinking a lot, right? And yeah. I don't drink during COVID because I find that drinking makes me depressed and I don't want to have any of that kind of stuff right now. Yeah. But as I'm getting older, I'm training my dad, minus the alcoholism. But um, my dad was wide awake at like four o'clock in the morning. So my thing is, is like I can lay my head down at 8 p.m. and I will pass out, like yeah. dead. Same. And I will sleep for hours, you know, whatever. But I'm just I wake up, I'm wide awake with so much energy. My mind is racing. I do wish I could sleep in longer. You know, on Sunday, Scoot's always like, gosh, I wish you could just stay in bed. And like, whatever. I just can't. I'm so hyper in the morning and I wake up with so many thoughts. I want to do so many things. And so I've learned to not fight it. I don't want to take sleeping pills, you know? I don't want to no. rely on something, you know? And I think, you know, somebody, I think it was it Oprah or like a Somebody on a podcast once was talking about super creative people or people who are successful that sometimes they can run off of four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. And like, I just can, I can run off of five hours of sleep. I'm not a napper either, but there's just something about it. I'm wide awake. I can't sleep in. All right. So I'm going to send you this. So (laughs) you put it under your pillow. It's really pretty. You can't see it on like, like you can see it's like this, it's got like glitter on it and stuff, but it's this stone. And she said, put it under your pillow. And I mean to tell you the past three nights since I got it, I've been sleeping for nine and a half hours every single night. Really? Really. I need to get one of those. I'm going to send it to you. I'll send it with the book. It was, I don't know, Larkavite. So I'll get that to you. All right, so I'm going to have to wrap this up because I know you have another call. Malia was very clear and you need to get your iced coffee and go in between. But I have one more question. <laughs> all right. So I know COVID has affected all of us and all stress and everything that we all go through. But like when you wake up every morning, what keeps you, you know, being a force for good, being the change? Like you could wake up, you have that choice. And it's like I could stay in bed and I, or I could go out and I'm done, Right but you keep going. Like, what is that? I'm excited about the future. I'm excited to see where all of this goes. I think that we're in a time right now where we can really hunker down and think about who we want to be moving forward. So that part is my thing about COVID, you know, and how I feel about it. And I think that this is a time to reflect and, you know, we all need to kind of like sort things out a little bit and think about who we want to be beyond. But, you know, as far as like the Instagram goes and my voice to other people, you know, I think that it is very lucky that I have an audience of people who pay attention to anything that I do. And I don't take that for granted ever. I genuinely love and respect and appreciate people for following me and even caring what I have to say. And I have a lot of fun with them. I talk to everyone in the DMs. I feel like it's so important to have people on social media right now that make us smile and make us feel like there's hope. And I hate kind of saying these kind of things. The reason I'm hesitating because I'm like, I don't want to sound cheesy. I don't want to sound kumbaya. But I really think about these things all the time. Like this is something that could make me cry. But I just feel like the thing that we're missing in the world right now is more people just genuinely being positive and giving you hope. I remember when I was a kid, I remember people on TV that made me smile. I've loved Christmas my whole life. I always look forward to Christmas. And I think that people need things to look forward to. And the fact that I have all these people writing things to me like, Justin, your dad jokes on Instagram make me so happy every day. Or I've got to tell you, I wake up every morning and I immediately check your story because you make me feel good. That feeds something in me that I can't explain to anybody. And I love it. I appreciate the people who follow me just as much as they appreciate me. And I think that you know, if we do have 
missions in life, that might be my mission is to make people around me smile. And I feel very comfortable with it. And I like that. I like that mission for myself. It's gratitude. It's so beautiful. You help others and you help yourself, right? It just comes back. That's beautiful, Justin. Okay. So I, everyone knows you, but I want, just tell us where you can find you and buy your products. Yeah. So all of my products are sold at Sephora, Ulta, and then our, our own website, dphue.com. All of my products take care of hair color in between salon visits, but you don't have to color your hair to use my products. They all take care of hair, but there's a lot of specifics that are for hair color issues. And then on Instagram, I'm Justin Anderson. And then my hair color work is Justin Anderson Color. That's where you can see like all the celebrities that I work on. Beautiful. And I know no one does blonde like you. Oh, <laughs> Thank you for reaching out and making this happen. This is really, really cool for me. This is a conversation that I'm excited about. During COVID, I've done so many podcasts, you know, because I'm not traveling like I normally do. So I'm just in the house all the time. So I, I do like two or three podcasts a week. And so I started getting really kind of picky about which ones I do. And I wanted to kind of be in this world of conversation. But um, thank you for having me on. I really think that there's a reason why we found each other, you know, and something felt right about it. So this is exciting for me. Well, thank you for changing my life. I mean, you're just a you're a beautiful, beautiful human. And yeah, I feel it too, even through this Zoom. Like, I, just, <laughs> I, I, just, I love you. And, and I, thank you, you know. No, and don't feel silly for saying that. I think that's the thing that's so beautiful right now. You know, it's like, I mean, to say one other thing, I hate when people say things like, the word love is thrown around too much. I think you can love a lot of people and you can love them really quick because love is like something that we should celebrate way, way more. So I appreciate that. And when I come to New York, because New York is my favorite city, and our tradition is the day after Christmas, we always go to New York and we stay at the Pierre Hotel for like 12 days and see a ton of Broadway. And this year we can't do it. But as the minute I can get to New York and have a good time, you and I are going to go out and have a fun night together. We're going to love on each other. <laughs> Finally, COVID will hopefully be behind us. <laughs> I love it. And if not, we'll find each other. So we'll see. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Okay, bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and are inspired. We grow with supporters and listeners like you. So please share this podcast with your community and follow us on Instagram at bethechange.nyc. And to learn more about our guests and what you can do to be the change, go to our website at www.bethechange.nyc. That's bethechange.nyc. Thank you and be well.